everyone, and welcome to the Phineas Club. This show is a show about people whom we listen to and uh, get opinions and uh, news from around the world. We get people from different backgrounds and different countries and different cultures, and uh, we try to understand how things are perceived in those places. But uh, every once in a while, we do a special where we talk about something else, a specific topic that we explore and also try to understand. This is one such episode. It is about autism and neurodiversity, as my guest likes to call it. I guess it's a, it's a term I learned very recently. My name is Patrick Beja, and my guest is Guillaume Haché, and not Hachez. How's it going, Guillaume? <laughs> yeah, this joke never gets old. Hi, Patrick. Uh, thanks for having me for the third time already on this wonderful show. I'm very glad to have you on and uh, on a topic that is dear to your heart because I learned actually just, what is it, a couple of months ago that you are on the spectrum. Uh, you're yeah, autistic. Uh Yeah, about uh, about six weeks ago, I think uh, we had this conversation. Um, already an interesting choice of word. You mentioned I am autistic. We'll 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 have a we'll drift on this later on, I think. But that's a very interesting choice of word. Yeah, I, I think you know um, the spectrum is a word that I think most people understand nowadays. It it seems like in the past few years uh, that has become more prevalent in trying to describe people who are well for lack of a, another term, autistic, but on the spectrum of autism, because uh, there are various levels of, uh, of, of autism. And you also taught me another word, which I didn't know, which I mentioned at the beginning, which is neurodiversity, which is really interesting because when you give something a name, you kind of make it exist. And the the mere fact that neurodiversity is, it, it sounded weird at first, but I guess it's very okay. descriptive. It's exactly what it says. And uh, so can you tell us, just to, to start, what are the differences between autism, the spectrum of autism, and neurodiversity? Okay, so, so I, I would say that... Um autism is and and the autism spectrum is a subset of neurodiversity in the, in the same way that you would say that uh, autistic people are a subset of uh you know the human species um the within neuro, neurodiversity you would you would have first of all neurotypicals that's Uh, yet another uh, new word for you, maybe. Um, <laughs> so neurotypical, meaning... If, if I want to be offensive, I will say yeah. normal people. You know that's where I was going to go, but so... Sure, the, the, like the muggles in Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> um, the, the, yeah uh, so, so, so you would have, within this neurodiversity, you would have neurotypicals, you would have uh, perhaps also uh, people who are on the autism spectrum, and All sorts of other things, like maybe uh, you know, being bipolar is also uh, part mm. of uh, this this neurodiversity we're talking about. Uh, would you do you have an idea? Just that's a slight tangent, but do you have an idea uh, of how many people, maybe a percentage, and I'm sure it, it varies depending on the country or whatever, many different factors. But how many people are neurotypical and how many people are neuroatypical, I guess? I, I'm guessing that uh, the percentage might surprise people, but... Uh... Right. I mean, okay. 
So, so it's a very simple question, but obviously the answer is very complex. Um, so for, for a lot of questions you might have, there are two answers I could give you. The first one is the one you find in textbooks. And in this case, it would be something like, oh, there is maybe 1% of people who are uh, on the autism spectrum. So that's the, the quote-unquote official um, um, cl classic answer to this question. But the truth is often much more complex, I think. In the, in the case of autism, um, so, okay, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack here. Um, so, so, I mean, we, we haven't really uh, mentioned what autism really sure, is at this point. Let's start at so, the beginning. So we'll, yeah, we'll, I, yeah. You, 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 I was, you know, trying to uh, go out on tangents, but maybe it's better to take things in order. Sure. Uh, go ahead. So yeah. tell us, what is autism? Uh, well, Okay, so actually, actually, uh, I think an interesting way to go about it could be um, you who m maybe aren't an expert on this topic. What what would be the 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 cliche, the the stereotypical description of autism for yeah. uh, someone who who's not an expert? You're putting me on the spot. Uh, I like it. Very nice. Um, um, I think uh, yeah, my my I perception. Ha I have uh, yeah. I have a interviewer syndrome, meaning meaning even when I'm not on my own podcast, I like to I like to ask questions. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think uh, there would be two typical uh, images that come to people's minds when they think about autism. Um, it would be either uh, Rain Man, essentially the strange sure, genius yeah. who can do things th that kind of has superpowers but uh, doesn't really know uh, how to interact with people is kind of a shut-in and then on the other uh, end of that uh, well spectrum would be someone who is actually uh, impaired uh, psychologically and who has uh, difficulties interacting with people at the most basic level, maybe uh, difficulties to speak, uh, you know, the, the, the image of the kid that uh, overloads their system and that curls up in a bowl and, and maybe screams and uh, is, yeah, in overload mode. Uh, that's the, what I suspect would be the two extremes. Obviously, as I mentioned, uh, with the autism spectrum being a more well-known thing, I actually do understand that it's a uh, very varied, and um, I even have seen TV shows where one of the characters was uh, had Asperger's syndrome, which is essentially a mild um, okay, uh, okay. manifestation of that uh, of that state. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm really enjoying hearing you struggle with words. Um, <laughs> so, so so yeah, uh, we'll we'll. We'll explore the terms uh, Asperger's syndrome in just a bit, which uh, which uh, you know is is also a very interesting uh, a topic of. Uh, I mean, it's it's also a very very interesting thing to explore. Um, so okay, so first of all, congratulations because you you did not use the word illness or you did not say it was uh, a, a mental illness or. Uh, <laughs> no, be, being impaired. I mean, you, 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 you did mention an impairment. So, yeah, yeah. I think, but I, I think. That you, so 
then I'm going to revert to uh, asking you questions. You don't think it's fair yeah. to call it uh, an, an impairment? Because it seems like it no, makes no. it more difficult uh, I mean, to interact I mean, with people, right? No, it's okay. So Im impairment can be fair, but uh, okay. a word you often hear is, is illness or something like that which is absolutely wrong. Autism is not an illness. Uh, it's not being sick. It's, it's, uh, the, the only word that you should use is it's a difference. You know, there are, in life, there are tall people, there are short people, there are people who are overweight, people who are underweight, there are people who are neurotypicals, and there are people who are uh, on the autism spectrum. Okay, so, so the, it's not an illness. It's not anything... Uh, anything wrong with that th there isn't anything wrong with being uh, autistic in the same way that you know maybe a couple decades ago people would, would say that um uh sexual or orientation and you know, being homosexual for instance was considered for, for for some as an illness well autism for some has for a long time been considered as um an illness but it is not Okay, so, let me let me challenge you on that for a second. Let me challenge you on that for a second because uh, at least for some people who are on the uh, autism spectrum, it does create difficulties in interacting. Right, socially, it can be right. more difficult to interact with others. There can be some uh, perception per problems. There can be some uh, sensory uh, issues where you perceive things more strongly. It, if it makes it more difficult for you to uh, interact, isn't it fair to say maybe not in... in I see where you're going with the illness thing. Yeah, but right. So, so, it's, the, I, the main, I don't think it's completely is... unfair to say there is something that is uh, okay, functioning okay. in a different... Okay, you get where I'm going. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I do. So it's interesting because we still haven't explored what autism is, but we're already delving into the notions of impairments and disabilities mm -hmm. and stuff like that so so, All right, so we're, tell we're us. going at this in a in a yeah yeah so okay so the i, th I think what what you're getting at is that um a, an illness is within someone it's it's a an attribute it's a property of you uh within yourself whereas a disability or as in french we say a handicap uh, which is uh, which is a word that's that's not that's not very used in English, I think. But uh, a, a, a disability is a social construct. And that's very in in important to understand. So, for instance, Patrick, you cannot breathe underwater and you cannot uh, fly, I don't think. Or, I mean, I don't think you I can, haven't but, tried in a while, and, but yes, I think it's fair to right, say I can't okay. fly. Right. And no one is looking at you saying, well, look at this dude. Look at this guy. He, he can fly. He, he's ill. You know, no one is doing that because you meet the standards, okay? Mm -hmm. And so when you say, look at this autistic person who has trouble interacting with others and who is perhaps, um, you know, has special needs and so on, you are uh, putting the bar at the level of uh, neurotypicals. You know, you, you're mm. you're using the social norm to judge this person. You say, "Oh, okay, this person does not meet does not meet the social norm. This person is not a quote unquote normal typical person. Therefore, um, this person has a problem." That's essentially what you were saying just a minute yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, no, completely. I, I and I completely understand why you would have a problem with this, but at the same time, 
Um, I think it is uh, very logical to not judge, again, I'm choosing my words, I'm trying to choose my words mm -hmm. carefully, but to evaluate um, people's abilities and uh, states according to the typical person. Because, you know, uh, you, you were talking about uh, disabilities, for example. If you are uh, constructing, I don't know, a, a, a bus or a, let's say a car, you're going to design okay. a car for people who have two arms and two legs. Now, if one person has sure. only one arm or no arms, then they are atypical, but there are going to be some impair impairments to the way they can function in society in a society which is designed for typical people. And you're completely right that there are many, many different types of atypicality, but it seems mm -hmm. pushing it a little bit to say, well, it's only differences. There aren't any impacts into uh, the, the life in society, in a society that is designed for typical uh, people. Uh, now, and I just let me finish. Let, let me finish. Yeah. I'm not saying that we shouldn't make sure that everyone is included and uh, quite the opposite. Obviously, I, I think we should make sure that everyone has access to everything. But it seems, uh, it, uh, uh, it seems inaccurate to me to say someone who isn't typical is typical or is just a difference and it doesn't impact the, the way they interact or the way they, they live. So I did not say that. I, I said it's not an illness. It's not anything wrong within the individual. The, okay. the, the difficulty and the, the, the struggle that one might um, experience is the product of this um, social norm, this social construct. Uh, a disability is a social... A, a social okay. construct. Yeah. So what you're saying is, well, okay, we could argue, I, I think we're delving into <laughs> semantics here, um, but okay, we could argue about this for a long time, but I, I see where, where you're uh, getting at. I do wonder, however, what you do consider an illness or, uh, you know, like if someone has a weak heart, that means they can't run for too long, for example. Oh. is that they're just constructed differently. They can function properly. They just can't run as long as someone else. Uh, is that not considered an, an illness or a physical condition? Or a condition, period? Um, I mean, okay, so... so um, <laughs> maybe the, the... maybe I'm, I'm going too far into that very specific uh, debate and conversation, but... Um, because you're using a very abstract, like a heart condition. I mean, it's it's a very abstract. Um, I, I don't think it's that abstract thing. because yeah. what I'm what I'm trying to say is, if this very physical thing means that you can't interact with others or you know with the world in the same way that typical people can, this is still considered an illness. And I wonder if uh, in neurodiversity, someone who's I mean, on the spectrum, I would say. I would say if the person with a heart condition is at risk, if they are, um, you know, if, if if they stay in their room for their whole life and they are, they are still being in danger, they are still on, on the risk of having a problem, then yeah, it's, it's an illness. But if the only reason that they will suffer is by comparison to, um, quote-unquote, 
typical people, then then it's it's more of a disability and more of a social construct than it is an issue with, okay. with themselves. No? So so what you're what you're getting at, I think, is the fact that autistic people, people who are on the spectrum, are perfectly fine with like themselves. Absolutely. And there's they're yeah. they're very happy to be who they are, or maybe they're not, but I mean there's they, they can function and exist perfectly well and where it becomes where it can become an issue is when typical people will look at them and say oh you can't do this or oh you can't interact like that but for for them yeah. for the autistic person they're like i'm fine i don't yeah i'm a little bit different but i don't do th sure. this way i do it that way is that what you're getting at that's what I'm getting at. Uh, okay. A while ago, I was watching a, a documentary on, on autism, and hello, uh, people talk about me as if I'm handicapped. Sorry, hey, you, you I, cut what, off for you yeah? cut off for for ten seconds there. Can you start again when you were okay. about your, the documentary uh, sure, you yeah. were watching? Sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, so I was saying a while ago, I was watching a documentary on, on on the topic of autism. And at some point over the course of the documentary, a girl says something along the lines of, uh, people talk about me as if I'm handicapped, but when I'm alone in my room with my computer, I don't feel any sort of handicap or any sort of disability. And so that's crucial to understand is that a disability, a handicap, is the product of your surrounding, uh, yeah, and and not of yourself and yourself mm. alone. Okay, yeah, I see. I see what you mean. Um, okay, so let's explain then <laughs> what autism actually sure. is, and then we can continue <laughs> sure. the conversation. Sure, let's do things in order. Um, right. Okay. So um, on on a technical level. You would say that autism is a developmental disorder, meaning that, um, so to speak, my brain is wired differently. That's all it means. Okay, mm. um, and so the, uh, the, there isn't any sort of biological marker for autism, meaning that if you take my brain apart, you will not see anything odd or anything unusual with my brain just by looking at it in the same way that uh, you know you cannot find any sort of biological marker with uh, uh, the brain of a person who's bisexual for instance you know it's it's just not um just not how it works so the way um we we can diagnose someone with autism is only only by looking at their behavior so uh, typically, you you interact with this person and you observe how they how they act, how they talk, how they how they speak, how they react, um, and based on this, you can find that, that they are indeed quote unquote wired differently. Mm. Um, so uh, that's a, that's a very simple way of answering your question. Um, does that does 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 this satisfy your curiosity, Patrick? Well, I mean, the most basic part of it, yes, sure. Uh, it's interesting to understand that there isn't like a physical, uh, a physical easily uh, detectable mm -hmm. physical manifestation of it in the body. Um, but then I want to know, okay, so how does it 
manifest and how close or uh, far is it from the typical images that we were talking about in the right, in the right. beginning? Right. Okay. So I should start off by saying that once again, the autism spectrum is incredibly wide. Okay. So this means that there is very likely, in fact, I know there is someone listening to this to this show right now who is um, on the autism spectrum, and um, maybe they will listen to this saying, "Well, no, that's that's actually that's." That's not my experience at all. Or maybe someone's listening who's the parent of an autistic child and who will say, who will completely disagree with what I just said about uh, disability being a social a social construct. You know, yeah. there, there are plenty of par of parents of autistic children who will will be very pissed at um, what That's I explained what you just earlier, said. <laughs> and who, yeah, yeah, and who will think that no, my child is fundamentally handicapped you know th this is something that you hear a lot so the the reason i I'm, i mentioned this is that this is obviously my experience this is my um my point of view my perspective on autism and you 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 might you are very likely to find someone who completely disagrees with me which doesn't mean i'm wrong but um you know i i i wanted to mention that okay so uh, what was your question? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, okay. so, well, let's the, the, let's the, the, give the, us the, examples the of you know what autism sure. means for okay. someone. Yeah, so so the the way I like to go about it is to say that um, it's 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 about empathy. Okay, so there are two different types of empathy. There is affective empathy and cognitive empathy. So. Once again, I'm, I'm having interviewer syndrome. Uh, Patrick, do you know the difference between uh, cognitive empathy and affective empathy? Uh, I'm going to say no, because I have done enough of a fool of myself in the last 20 minutes. Okay. So I'm going to let you <laughs> go ahead. Okay, so I, I, so I would say that if right now you were to tell me that someone close to you uh, has passed, I would feel immense sadness for you. I would... I would and this is obviously affective empathy. I would, um, you know, your inner feelings would be contagious. I would feel the sadness that you feel and I would relate to you. Okay. So this okay. is affective empathy. It's about feelings. It's about uh, emotions. Now, cognitive empathy is putting myself in your own shoes. So for instance, I tell you, um, I tell you that I don't like listening to your podcast about video games and you say something in response. I am someone who cannot, for the life of me, explain what goes on in your head at that moment. And I cannot imagine myself in your position, imagine myself in your shoes and um, describe what what goes on in your head does that make sense so you mean now you're talking specifically about your own uh experience uh, i mean and about your... autism in general but 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 okay. autism experience yeah okay so um you're saying that you could say something uh mean about my show or not mean but you know like uh you you don't see how it would affect... say something inappropriate yeah i okay. could say something inappropriate and i would not necessarily realize it i could say something 
um, that, that makes you uncomfortable. And I would not be aware that what you're feeling right now is discomfort. So it, it comes back to, to, to feelings a little bit, but it's not emotional empathy. It's cognitive, like the state right. that the person in front of you is in, um, given the information that they have or, you know, the, the situation they're in, you can't relate to that. Uh, or, you know, an autistic person might not be able to relate to that state. I, so cannot, you... I cannot decipher it. I can relate to your emotions if I, if I, you know, if I, if I know that you're obviously being very sad or very angry for a reason, I can relate to your emotions. I, I, I'm going to have a lot more trouble deciphering, um, you know, putting myself in your own shoes. Yeah. So is it fair to say that uh, you understand the emotions that someone feels, but you don't understand the link between the situation they're in and why it creates that emotion. You're like, well, that's, that's, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, and that is uh, a characteristic of autistic people, or is it also, I mean, both types of empathy can be affected with autistic people, or is it only the cognitive empathy? So, so no. So, so affective empathy is either um, at a normal level or much, much stronger. It's very common for someone with, with autism to be um, very sensitive to, uh, mm. let's say, the, the emotions of the people around them. But And so, so it can be either normal or higher than average, whereas um, uh, cognitive empathy is always at a deficit uh, when, when you're talking about autism, uh, autistic people. Yeah. Okay, so there's an excess in, or, you know, a, a, a regular or excess level of uh, emotional empathy, but always a lack of cognitive empathy, yeah. a deficit of... That's, uh, that's right. Again, yeah. in comparison, if I'm... If I'm so so there, there's this uh, this sort of... I would I would call it a dream. I don't know this idea of uh, forming a country because this is after all the Phileas Club. We're talking about uh, geopolitics. <laughs> um, forming forming a country with only autistic people. Obviously, it's it's nothing serious. It's just a, a, a I would call it a recurring joke. Um, um, and and so if I was obviously all alone in a room filled with uh, autistic people, my um, Cognitive empathy would not be deficient. You know, it would mm -hmm. be the norm. So once again, it's it's a social construct. Yeah. So, but you're, obviously, we we keep saying that there's a spectrum and there are different uh, levels of the. Oh, okay. So first, let me ask you: Are those the only characteristics of autism? And no. It's it's variants. No. no, it's not. Okay. Because no, it's not. It's because. The, the one thing that comes to mind as well is that um, sensitivity to stimuli, right? The, the sensory overload I was talking about um, that I, I was under the impression was also part of autism in maybe in, in extreme cases. But is that just a, a, an excess of emotional empathy or is it something different as, entirely? Okay, so I started off by mentioning this this difference between I mean the, the levels of empathy. Mm. Um, I would say that it all start off. It, it all starts from there. So, for instance, uh, and 
We'll, we'll we'll touch on hypersensitivity in just a bit, but oh, that's um, the word that I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So so um, for instance, one one trait of autism is what's called specific interests. So it's this. Um, so so typically, okay. So if you were to open a textbook about about autism today, it would be filled with uh, lots of stereotypes about autism, which once again is a very wide spectrum, but is it's often um, summed up with a bunch of stereotypes. So typically people think that it only affects boys. It's something that we'll, we'll uh, touch on later, I think. People th seem to think that it's, it's, a, it's something that affects ch children, which is obviously not true. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to prove it. And, um, and, and, and people will, will say, okay, so people with autism uh, have immense um, social difficulties, I, I guess you would say social impairments, mm. and they, they are awful at um, social interactions. And, and so once again, I'm here to demonstrate that the, the, the autism spectrum is very wide. And, you know, I, I have my own podcast. I interview people. I, I spend would a, you say big, you're on the... a huge part of my day here on Discord. Yeah. <laughs> would you say there are, you are on the lighter side of the autism spectrum? Or is that the case? I, because you... I, I, I don't know if, I, if I'm willing to... Uh, you know, to to segment the, the spectrum in such a manner, but I would say that my my needs, uh, my my needs for assistance are fairly low. I'm I'm an autonomous person, yeah. It, because I've, as I hinted at earlier, I think I've known you for a while, and I had no idea. I think when you describe um, things like. Um, cognitive empathy and maybe a, a, a lower a, a deficiency of that, I can think back and think, okay, maybe there were a couple of interactions where I thought, oh, that's a weird way to react. Um, but, okay. you know, so, so it kind of, I make it fit. But I could say that about half the people I interact with on the, on the Discord <laughs> as well. So it's not, yeah. you know, um, so, so you're definitely, okay. I, I would n not have guessed that you, you were right. on the autistic spectrum. Okay, so, so ju just to touch on this and then we'll... we'll We'll go back to your question about um, uh, you know other autistic traits, but the the idea that uh, you would never have guessed. I mean, I can. I mean, look, I know people who are on the on the autism spectrum who are producing or hosting or who have a segment on national TV or national radio, uh, whether that's in Belgium, in France, or it's or in Switzerland. You know, it's. It's important to understand that we are not a, a teeny tiny one percent who uh, stays hidden in their room um, forever. It's it, it affects. I can guarantee that all the people who are listening to this show right now have people in their surrounding who are. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing at a comment I read on the on the on the Discord just now. Um, so so I, I would say that. There, there are people who are on the autism spectrum everywhere in the surroundings of all the, the people who are uh, listening to this show right now. They are just not 
necessarily aware of it. Uh, and you mentioned that you were not aware of uh, autism in my case. Well, it's it's it, you know it's it's something that's I, I believe uh, very common. This this mm. idea that oh I've never noticed this person is probably a very typical person, but no, it's it's very subtle and it's not necessarily a very uh, obvious difference, which is why it's sometimes described as, and you have to be careful with this, but it's sometimes described as the invisible difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I mean, if you want to talk about famous people with uh, with autism, you can talk about, obviously, um, the wonderful uh, Greta Thunberg is, is a, a very known example, but you also have um, oh, for, for instance, Chelsea Manning. That, that's perhaps something that's that not everybody knows, but she she's obviously um, uh, she she was incarcerated uh, at at some point, and when she was uh, put in jail, uh, she was diagnosed diagnosed with um, what what they call Asperger's syndrome. Um, you also have, for instance, uh, Satoshi, uh, Satoshi Tajiri, which is the um, the creator of Pokemon. Um, you, you also have the rapper Eminem. You also have um, Courtney Love, which is the the the, uh, the 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 lead of the rock band um, uh, Hole and the, the the widow of Kurt Cobain. And uh, it's not official, but I would I would bet a billion dollars that uh, Edward Snowden is on the spectrum as well. So <laughs> that this is just to show you that um, we are everywhere, and it's not just a teeny tiny one percent hidden somewhere. Mm. Yeah. So, okay, I I don't want to forget this, so I'm going to get back to it. And then I want to ask you again about the different traits that uh, are characteristics of of autism. But you were talking about the island and the, the, or not, the country, uh, the country where all the autistic people um, could be typical in their own country. But I do... True, yeah. But but I do wonder, since there are differences in those uh, levels of cognitive and emotional uh, empathy, empathy, yeah. wouldn't there... I mean, it's not like uh, neurotypical people all have the exact same level of cognitive and emotional empathy, right. Right. but it seems like it's a characteristic of uh, people who are on the autistic spectrum that they have varying levels. So wouldn't people in the uh, glorious country of autism, also, you know, they, they there would be some of them who could relate, some who couldn't. You know, when you say we would all feel typical because we would all be on a similar level, are, are, is this really the case since there are such variances? Okay, so so this is where this, um, th- this idea of an autistic island of, or autistic country has obviously its limit. It's okay, a, I it's see. More, yeah, <laughs> just than anything else. But, but I will say that personally, and again, this is, this is my experience, this is my, my perspective, and your mileage may vary. But um, personally, it has become a, a criteria for me. Before I get close to someone, I... I, I I strongly I strongly prefer if they are on the autistic spectrum as well um, because you understand so, each other better or yeah we, we can connect we are we function on the same frequency mm. uh, whereas it's it's not the case with I would say most uh, neurotypical people yeah it, it's funny um, it's it, obviously it has nothing to do with autism but uh, when you say that I'm 
somehow reminded of my first trip to BlizzCon, where, uh, and, and I, no, I, I, I repeat, it has nothing to do with autism, but it was the okay. first time I was immersed in a group of people that understood what, you know, a, a, a night elf was, you know, like you could talk oh, about I anything see, of see. those, of those. And there was this cognitive you, you this sense of belonging. Yeah. 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 Like it's, it, it, but it's more than just belonging. It's like, it, it was my people because we understood each other. It, it's not just, we knew the same things. We could just right. communicate on a, on a, on a different level almost. So, Again, nothing to do with autism, but I kind of understand because I have this experience. It maybe helps me a little bit understand what you mean um, when you say that. Okay, so right. So, so while I do uh, have this sense of, you know, I, I feel this this sense of uh, of tribalism almost like this. Mm. We, we we talk about sisterhood or brotherhood or you know this this com camaraderie of of. Uh, Of, of autism almost um mm. I, i i i really um cherish this but it's not the case for everyone i know people who i who who know they are autistic and who, whom i know to be autistic and who will just say like oh i i don't really care like this this is not mm. something important for me so once again yeah the spectrum is very Everyone large, is large and yeah. your, your, your mileage may vary yeah All right, so let's let's delve into the other traits uh, of autism, and then I want to talk about the way it affects uh, someone's lives, someone's life in in very concrete terms. Uh, but first, sure, the sure. the other terms other than the empathy we were talking yeah. about. So so yeah, we we keep uh, you know we, we keep moving from and away from. Uh, uh, sorry, we keep uh, you know digressing is what I mean to say. So the um, the Yeah, I was talking about this notion of specific interests. So what is this? Uh, a, a, a stereotype about autism is okay, this idea of this young boy who is obsessed with, for instance... Um, Building toy manhole planes. Co manhole covers or um, oh, okay. uh, World War II tank models or... Mm dinosaurs or things like that and they will know everything there is to know on this topic and they will be completely obsessed with it and it's the only thing they care about okay so this is obviously the very stereotypical um portrayal of, of autism if you were to ask me i don't have such a thing but 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 i do have um so i, I like to Uh, describe specific interests as this sort of mental special place, meaning that in in situations where I feel distress or anxiety, it's a very peaceful place I can go to and focus on this thing and it's something I know by heart, it's something I um, it's, it's something that's very appeasing to me, okay? So mm. this is my own definition of a specific interest and i think it's it's more interesting to be um a bit more abstract than the, than this stereotypical i'm obsessed with dinosaur things uh because it's it, you know i personally I, i don't recognize myself my, i don't recognize myself in it um so but, but maybe my, i can case, see how 
how yeah. dialing that up to 11 could mean that you know it's the the specific interest sure. is something comfortable for someone uh, yeah with mm. uh, but, but but what i disagree with is that it's only ever at 11 you know uh, in my case it's not right right um mm. so and so in my case for instance oh actually uh hey patrick can you guess what my <laughs> specific interest might be uh I know your interests, but I would not venture a guess about okay. your specific interest. But if you tell me, I, oh. I'll say if I if I could have guessed or not. So one video game I've played dozens and dozens and dozens of times ever since I was eight is uh, Metal Gear Solid 2. And oh, it's okay. something I know by heart. <laughs> yeah. And it's something I cherish very much. And um, and yeah, it's it's like... That's a, so it's what it's I not video games. It, it's, it's, it's very appeasing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah, video games in go. general. It's not a genre. It's like this specific oh. game that you've played through a, a number yeah. of times. Okay. Yeah, and and you know, it, 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 I I've since found uh, maybe other interests. Like as you know, I've written an article about uh, the lack of um, the, the lack of women in the sector of uh, tech here in Belgium and. If this is something, for instance, that I am absolutely, um, you know, it, it's, it's something. About? Yeah, yeah, it's. I'm very passionate. I'm very passionate uh, mm. for this topic. Yeah, and it's it's something that I can feel when I am completely like focused and completely taken with um, with a, a topic. And th those two topics are mm. uh, very good examples uh, for my specific case. Yeah, that's. I think this is a good point. I wanted to talk about this a little bit later, but I think it's a good point uh, at which to say this. Um, I, I listened to a, an explanation you made about autism before uh, we, we recorded the show. And right. towards the end of it, you said something that hit home very much with me it, because okay. I was listening okay. to you and you were saying, you know, oh, there might be some uh, difficulties in understanding, you know, the, the empathy issues and special specific interests and, and things like that. And I was like, oh, but I'm a little bit, antisocial and i have like huh? places of comfort and i get and by the end of it you were like all right settle down people it, just because you have uh you know some measure of something that feels familiar with what i described it doesn't mean you're autistic or that you know someone autistic like it's still something that has to be uh diagnosed by a, a professional like you can't just first of all you're probably right. not autistic yourself it's possible but unlikely and so i'm sure that some people listening to the show now were like oh but i have this place where i'm really comfortable mm -hmm. and like but just this characteristic doesn't mean that you're autistic right not necessarily no and so the, the what you're mentioning just now is so it's a it's a segment in french of my podcast where i, I try to explain what autism is in about 15 minutes and yes i have had despite this warning i have had Plenty of interactions, uh, whether that's you know emails or Twitter or or Slack or, or so on, with people who just tell me, "Hey, actually, I'm I really think that there's something you know I, I, th I think I might be on the autism spectrum." And so, I mean, this warning at the end saying, "Well, you know, be careful. Just because you can relate with this and this doesn't mean that you're on the spectrum." 
it also doesn't mean you're not. So mm. if you're li- you're listening to this and you you're asking, you know, you're you're, you're wondering things about yourself, um, the, the, uh, I would suggest you know reading and and uh, listening to podcasts and watching videos on the matter and you know exploring this topic because yeah. just because you know just because you have to be careful doesn't mean you should uh, ignore. Yeah, uh, who yeah, you yeah. are. I, I have to, I've realized in the past few years um, how antisocial I am. It's weird for someone who spends most of okay. the, their life interacting with people, but I've, I, is, something. Is this the part where I, I, I do therapy on you? Is this the, the part where I start to. <laughs> yes, please. No, but I'm just, I'm just <laughs> mentioning that I, I genuinely dislike interacting with people. Like, okay. I. It's it's weird, but I inter I love interacting with interacting with people on my own terms. But social interactions, mm-hmm. like parties, were torture when I was a kid, when I was I you know a, a, yeah. a teenager and a young adult, and it was really difficult because I wanted to go to parties to hook up. You know, I, I wanted to get some, and it was so difficult. Anyway, so it's not the life of Patrick, okay. but um, no, I mean it, it's very interesting because so we were mentioning earlier. Uh, this, this difference between um, you know the empathy and cognitive cognitive empathy and so on. This has, and this is the next big autistic trait I wanted to talk about. This has a direct impact on uh, you know the, once again the social norm, meaning mm-hmm. that, for instance, um, if you were to um, I don't know like. Tell me that I'm. Uh, t- hey, tell me that you have to cancel um, this meeting we have. We have a meeting, and you have to cancel it. Okay. You will, for instance, politely excuse yourself or explain and apologize. You will maybe um, have some facial expressions, maybe smile a little bit, maybe uh, you know do some things with your face to express that you're sorry and that you that will. We'll have to um, talk at a later time. Okay, so no point, Patrick, where you sat in a room and 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 told, okay, so Patrick, when you have to apologize, you have to do this with your face, mm-hmm. and you have to smile a little bit, and you have to say that you're sorry, and you have to um, you know behave in this and this manner. All those things are implicit. You you were you were taught those things implicitly. Um, this is something that is much, much harder for people with autism. All, all these things which today, um, and you know, based on what you just said right now, I will not maybe use yourself as, a, as an example. I'll, I'll say uh, a neurotypical person <laughs> might find all well, this I'll, very, I'll, very intuitive. Yeah, I'll, I'll put you at ease. I think this is me being in the case that you described earlier, you know, in, in your, at the end of your <laughs> explanation segment, where I'm like, oh my God, me too, when really, like, not at all. It's just that I'm a, a okay. weird, you know, <laughs> I, I'm a little bit weird on that matter. I don't think I'm, you know, I, I can I mean, interact. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah so these I, things... I, I, like to be, I like to be careful. And, you know, if, if I'm walking down the street... I don't want to assume, okay, this person is certainly heterosexual. They are certainly um, Caucasian. They are certainly a man. 
uh, and they are certainly neurotypical. So I, I like to say I, I don't sure. know if Patrick is on the spectrum or not. You might be, you might not I, be. I, I don't know I either. I don't want to say for uh, sure that yeah. by default you are not. You know, I, I, I don't want to be like this. But so you were saying, so you you don't, these are things that you kind of learn through um Osmosis, through, yeah. naturally through osmosis with interacting with other people and you sort of mimic how other people uh do right. and and neurotypical people just acquire this these uh behaviors naturally but for people on the autism spectrum uh it's one of the traits oh, that you yeah. don't yeah so and so this is this is what will lead to what you mentioned earlier the, this idea that oh oh those people are oddballs they don't behave in a normal manner, uh, they they don't uh, look at me in the eyes when I'm talking. This this is once again a very uh, stereotypical trait. This idea that uh, autis autistic people look at the ground when they talk to you, which is, you know, I can relate to that. It's it's true on some level, mm. but it's not uh, always true. I I once again I know people who are autistic and are on TV and. You know, mm. when I look at them on TV, I see them smiling. I see them very polite. I see them yeah. uh, looking uh, into the other person's eyes. And so what you have to understand is that while all these things are not intuitive to um, uh, autistic people, they can still acquire those behaviors and mimic those, you know, I would call them those typical behaviors by intellect right so so it's a more with me for a second it, it's a more like you you see you learn maybe someone tells you this is how you have to do it or this is how people do it right and then you have to actively think about doing it it doesn't maybe come as naturally exactly. but yeah exactly okay. yeah. and so this is why we we have uh we, we talk about acting as a chameleon right mm. and so you you will have people who are autistic and once again, are very polite, smile, look, look, look into your eyes when they talk to you, and you could not guess for the life of you mm. that they are not that, that they are neuroatypical, that they are on the autism yeah. spectrum. But so, so this is why. So this uh, just just for a second. Um, this is why I mentioned that there is no biological marker of autism that you have to establish or diagnosis based on. The person's behavior but here's the thing autistic people are actively for the most part you know they're, they're often quote-unquote faking their behavior and acting as if they are not uh, autistic mm. and so this is what makes them perhaps very hard to spot uh, i don't know if you've seen the movie um uh shit what's the name of that movie with uh, harrison ford uh, where he has to find the robots in the wild um the robots a blade the runner wild? right blade runner oh <laughs> you, okay you, you've seen blade runner right yes um so at, at some point in the in the in the in the movie he, he's like having a meeting with this person who who's like um who's a robot who's an android and he looks at her in the eyes and they have this long conversation and at some point she does something very subtle with her eyes and he knows that she is robot but she herself does not know it and so that's another important thing to understand about um autism is that a lot of times people people don't know that they are autistic mm -hmm. i only found out a couple of years ago oh really okay so you found out uh it, after we got to know each other 
That's interesting. Uh, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I do want to get back to the looking at the person and, and looking at the floor um, example that you gave, because in that situation, what you're saying is the, the person who's looking at the floor, the, the person who's atypical, is looking at the floor not because they are like maybe ashamed or they don't know what to do with their look or they don't know what to do with themselves. It's just that that's how they behave. Like, oh, I look at the floor, it's fine. Or I look, you know, at the sky or whatever. And, and the, the idea that you have to not look at the floor is once again a social norm. It's an right, arbitrary exactly. rule that we've established as a society. But but to me, for instance, I will often have a conversation and it can be about like I don't know, like a very deep and complex subject, and I have to think about really focus on this topic. And when I'm focused on, on this very complex uh topic that we're talking about, I I I don't really think about looking at you in the eyes. I just I just try mm. to focus on on the topic at hand and my eyes will go wherever they will go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also don't look at uh, people in the eyes very often, but I will uh just for the sake of it, I will mention the fact that looking at someone in the eye is a way of communicating and maybe communicating intent or uh giving some indication about your state of mind and so there is a biological reason why you know you look into someone's eyes so it's not i i would argue it's not just a social contrast contrast con, yeah, con, construct no, no. <laughs> we didn't just one day all decide okay let's all look at each other's in the eye and not at the floor because why not right there's there's it's, a reason it's, for it's it. both it's both it, it yeah, has a, okay. it, it, it makes sense on some level but it's also uh, a norm you know something that is expected okay yeah um okay I really do want to get to the other traits and uh, hypersensitivity because this is certainly part of that uh, typical stereotypical image we have. Um, what about hypersensitivity? Is it, you know, real? Is it, does it only happen real, yeah. for, for young boys or like how does it manifest? Right. Um, so it's definitely real. And once again, the spectrum is very wide and people's experience may vary. Um, Personally, things, and, and once again, I, I think I will say this and everyone will say, well, I, yeah, I can relate with this. I'm like this too. Um, you know, being near someone who does the dishes and hearing all the, the plates Clean and, cleaning yeah. and so on. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a nightmare for me. Really? Uh, but, you know, perhaps, perhaps a, a weirder thing is holding class that was recently in the dishwasher and has a lot of, um, uh, how, how do you call this? Like a calcaire, um, oh, the, a, right. a lot of, uh, li li limestone, a lot of, I don't know, the, the white know, traces like, remnants yeah. Yeah, on it and touching it is unbearable for me. It's insufferable. Okay. Um, and it's things like that. And I will also say, and that, that's, that's a, maybe a weird thing is that, I've had uh, for a couple of years now um, a wonderful um, noise-canceling headphones, and nowadays I, I I don't know if it's related to the fact that I know I'm autistic. I don't know if it's related to the fact that I I wear this pair of headphones 
most of the time. But I feel like I'm more sensible than I used to be. I don't know. I, I feel like I wasn't complaining about the the, the plates clinging and the, the, the sounds of <laughs> uh, someone doing the dishes when I was a kid. But nowadays, yeah. it's it's insufferable. So I don't know what's up with that. But yeah. Um, so so and, and once again, I would say this is a very mild instance of um, hypersensitivity. I know people who. Um, are very sensible to colors. I know people who are who cannot who cannot imagine walking next to someone who's smoking on the street, and they have to, um, you know, they have to switch uh, switch sides. Mm. Um, so, so it, you know, I, once again, your mileage may vary. So it is real. It's not just for young boys, and it's just something that assaults your senses. Uh, more than it would a typical person and that makes you like it's it's painful and I guess it's more it's just painful yeah I mean just imagine what it's like when someone is scratching the blackboard you know everyone knows what that's like well you know that's that's sort of like that and I will also say that hypersensitivity is not just for autistic people you can be hypersensitive hypersensible I guess um, hypersensitive. Uh, if you're not autistic, mm. yeah, yeah, hypersensitive. So, yeah, yeah. Thanks. So it's not. It's not like it's just that hypersensitivity is more often found in uh, as a trait in autistic people. But obviously, it's not exclusive. It's just that you find it more often. That's right. Uh, yeah. So it's one of the markers, one of the indicators that someone might be autistic, because a larger popu- percentage of the autistic population is hypersensitive than uh, of the non-autistic population, right? right yeah okay Okay. um so uh do do you have another another trait you want to explore uh well uh, just tell me in quick fire uh all the traits of autism um like (laughs) (laughs) i i because i genuinely don't know like these ones we mentioned i i kind of uh kind of knew but i don't know if there are others you know are there 50 are there five are there a million like is it impossible to know um just give us an idea of what different traits, uh, you know, autistic people might uh, show. Uh, let me think. So I'm guessing these are the big ones, but uh, yeah, th- those are clearly the big ones. Um, one thing I might. Okay, so th- this is more of a stretch, but not so much. I mentioned that s- social norm has less of an effect on. Uh, people who are on the on the autism spectrum, so, such as, for instance, the idea that you have to look into people's eyes, or that you have to smile, or that you have to be polite in a certain way, and so on. But isn't that um, a, a, a much a, more a much more simple example? Yeah, go on. Isn't that a, a product of the deficit in uh, cognitive empathy, or is it a, a different? Uh, v- thing very likely, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that's very likely. Okay. Um, and and I will say that these are the types of question. When if you interview like a, a a psychologist or or a therapist that's that's an expert in autism, a lot of times these questions they will answer. Oh, we don't know. We don't mm. know why why it's like this. We don't know why they have specific interests, and you know, the, and 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 so everything is so, sort of focused on what we can observe and what 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 we can see in their behavior. But um, okay. exp- explaining things, it's. Uh, you know, people tend to be more careful with that. 
So the, the, the idea that the two are related, I mean, to me, it's very obvious, but it's not necessarily something you would, you would read in, um, in, a, in a textbook on, on autism, I think. And so uh, I, I mentioned that um, so the social norms have less of an effect on people with autism. A very good example of that is that there are something like two or three times more people who are um, LGBTQI uh, on the autism spectrum versus uh, among neurotypicals. And that's very interesting. Mm. Um, so w would, would you want to guess why, why that is? I would not want to guess why, because again, <laughs> making a fool of myself is something I often right. do on this show. But uh... well, 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 Patrick, it's because, and once again, this is this is just me talking, but to me, it's 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 very obvious. It's because gender is a construct as well. You know, being a man, being a manly man, being a girl, being a a girly girl, all those things are social constructs as well. And you are not born manly man, and you are not born. Um, girly girl and so th this is why and you know it's it, it's a it's a bad way to phrase it but this is why we say that the typical aspie girl aspie meaning a uh, person with aspergers and again we, we should talk about this word but anyway let's go let's move on um the typical aspie girl is a tomboy is the phrase we often hear meaning that they look like uh, they look and behave and dress like like uh, like boys, and so what I very often heard among my uh, female autistic friends is things like, "Oh, when I was a teenager, I used to dress in the men's aisle," or sometimes I feel like um, uh, sometimes I feel more feminine and sometimes I feel more masculine, or or I don't, you know, someone who is very close to me will tell me that they don't like being called a woman that they just want to be called a person and that um, they, they don't identify with any sort of gender, right? And all those things, the idea that um, you and I identify as men is mostly because we were told to, because we were told that this is who we are. But this is something that works less, that, 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 that does, does not affects people with autism in the same way because of what, what we mentioned before about uh, the social norms and um, cogn cognitive empathy. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's, th that's, that's really interesting. And there would be a lot more to discuss there. Um, but yeah. let's, let's not open the, you know, gender studies and, and kind of forms. <laughs> identity oh, kind of I forms mean, just now. Oh, okay. So I mean, to me, the two are very strongly related. So I, I think this is not the last time we will mention this, but okay. Okay. Um, Asperger's, is it a form uh, of mild autism or what is it? Okay. So, so if we go back to the roots of autism and when it started being studied, it was in the 1940s in like uh, Austria by a scientist named Hans Asperger, who happened like some of the scientists in Austria in the 1940s, um, happened to be a Nazi. So this is why we, <laughs> this is one of the reasons why we don't really like to use his, his name anymore. Mm. Um, and, and I think in general, in, 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 in medical sciences, they don't really like to use the name of people 
in parts because of this, because you know, after a while, you start to discover that uh, some of them were for pro problematic. Some of them were but Nazis. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so that's one thing. The the other thing is that um, for a while we 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 were segmenting autism spectrum in different uh, you know different parts. So we would say, oh, this is. Asperger autism, or this is Kenner autism, or this is um, severe autism, and this is mild autism, or this is classic autism. And nowadays... Uh, I will, we, by the way, the, I can the, sense what you're going to say, so I will totally go back and edit out the part when I say, oh, so Asperger's is a, a form of mild autism. <laughs> no, 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 because you, you're actually a big help by, by you know, mentioning By saying the, that. No, of course I the, wouldn't. The, the, I never no. edit anything. <laughs> yeah, you're too lazy for that. Exactly. Um, the, um, <laughs> the, yeah, so nowadays, when you look at uh, DSM-5, which is the, the latest and greatest uh, textbook in, um, you, know, the, the, you know, the studies of, uh, uh, I, would call the, I would call it psychological conditions. I, I don't know exactly how you redefine the DSM, but it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a very important textbook um, in the English-speaking world. So nowadays, they have removed all the mentions of Asperger's and uh, Canerotism and Asperger's syndrome, and you know this idea of syndrome, like once again, implies that there's something inherently wrong with the person. Like th there is, this person has syndrome, whereas I, I would say that the the disability, as we mentioned before, is largely a a social construct. Um, and so nowadays we don't say asperger's or yeah. anything of the sort we say we, we measure the levels of required assistance meaning that uh, if someone has a lot of trouble uh, simply just talking and simply interacting with someone else and they need a lot of help and they need help uh, shaving and they need help taking the showers and, uh, and something like that well we will say um that um it's it's a, a level three of um of of, of needs uh I don't know, i'm having a i'm having a hard time uh, explaining this but, but it's, this it's is... a level three when you measure their needs and then you you would go down to level two if it's okay just uh they they need a lot of help too but less than level three and then you would you would go down to level one when it's a fairly autonomous person like and those apply, then, those apply to the add, spectrum of uh, autism. I'm sorry, can you say that again? It, those apply to the spectrum of autism. So there's still some kind of classification on the severity of uh, you know, your place on, yeah, on but the spectrum. You, you measure uh, the people's needs and not necessarily um, mm. you know, the, the, their own attributes, if that makes sense. Okay. And so uh, another thing is that what you mentioned at the start of the show is that sometimes we tend to um, think of being either very smart or a genius or, uh, or you know, at the opposite end of the, of the spectrum, very, uh, I don't know, how should I say this? Like a, having, being very deficient uh, mentally. Um, I, I need to make clear that the two are not related. You can be, 
you you can have autism and be and be a genius, or you can have autism and have um, a mental deficiency, and the two will interact. So I mentioned before that a lot of things that are very intuitive to uh, neurotypicals um, are not intuitive to uh, people with autism. The the reason I managed to uh, overcome these difficulties is because I happen to also um, have a relative, relatively high uh, IQ. And so because I'm somewhat smart, I can, you know, just just think, and this is a comparison that comes up a lot, I can think like a robot, I can think like a computer about uh, social interactions and come up with a plan to, um, you know, just, just survive, you know, and just... just uh, Overcome the challenges. Uh, handling my own. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, mm. uh, I kind of uh, digressed a little bit. What was your question again? No, the, about um, Asperger's, but but I think you answered it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so let's finish up with. I think you you were talking about how you managed to um, overcome the challenges. Uh, can you give us a few examples that will illustrate to the people listening what it's like to you know, be in your shoes for a, a day? Maybe a few examples of uh, what people with autism... I'm not talking about challenges necessarily, but what life is for someone with autism and how it might differ uh, from a, a neurotypical person's life. Okay. So, once again, uh, the spectrum is very large. And in my very own case, I'm not necessarily the best example because... I am sufficiently privileged to have a lot of control over my own life, meaning that I'm a freelance software developer and I work from home. So I don't have to go out and um, interact with people on the street and interact with people in an office and get yelled at by, my, by a boss or something because I am my own boss. And so obviously I know people who are much less privileged than I am. And I've heard stories about people who had to work in a factory in, uh, in the United Kingdom, for instance. And they are consistently, uh, cons uh, constantly being yelled at and they, are, um, they, they need to fit within the norms and they need to act a certain way to not being made fun of and not being bullied. Um, so obviously I'm very privileged in that sense. Uh, I will say that uh, when I was in school, um, you know, a, a, a criteria for being bullied is just um, differing from any sort of norm. And, you know, uh, gender is also a factor in those things. But, um, yeah, I will say that I, I used to I used to get bullied a lot when I was in uh, in high school. Yeah, but um, but I'm looking for very specific examples. Like you're going to the store, and there's you know the way you interact with the clerk or the way you you look for an item. I I really want to get people to give people listening, you know, a few concrete examples of how it it it, differ, it differs from their everyday life so that they get a little bit of an insight. Right. It doesn't have to be from your life. Okay, okay. Um, 
I, I I will say that I'm I'm always awful when when this question comes up. It's, it's for some <laughs> reason it's very difficult to me because you know it's my life. So the idea that I have to look at what's weird in my life where mm. everything is normal to me is is a, is obviously a, a difficult exercise. Um, so let let me think for a second. Um, I and, um, the, the the examples I prefer are always the more subtle ones, like. I will do something that's considered not um, conventional. For instance, I remember um, I remember being on a show with you a long time ago, uh, and at the end of the at the end of the show, I um, spontaneously mentioned that uh, I had a podcast and that I that my uh, Twitter handle would be in the show notes, and I remember that. Uh, uh, who was also on the show just found that found this hilarious. Like, oh, what is he doing? That's that's so weird to say that he was not invited to say this. That's mm. what an oddball. And this is a very simple example of okay. So there was here a social norm. There was here uh, an implicit rule that had to be followed. That I had to be invited to um, say that I have a podcast and that my uh, my Twitter handle will be in the show notes, and mm-hmm. I did not wait to be invited uh, to to say this. And so people find this very odd and very very, very uh, either funny or or um, or annoying. It depends. Um, it's I mean, so obviously a, you you know the show, you know the show, and you know my show, so you know that we always do that, and that I always put the. Uh, Twitter handle in the show notes, and I actually yeah. say at the end of the show that you know Twitter handles will be in the show notes. Um, but this is my first rodeo. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but it's it's interesting. Before we started recording, now, um, yeah, you you actually went ahead and mentioned in. So we're recording for those who don't know. We now have a yeah. uh, Discord uh, instead of the Slack, and there's a public part of the discord if you want to join us please feel free it's mainly in french but we also have um, english language sections in the in the discord and it's mostly for patrons but uh, everyone is is welcome especially in the uh, public square part of the discord but you went ahead and and um you sent me a twitter question a question on twitter and said hey do you want to stream live because i've been doing it here and there on discord uh I might do the shows on Twitch at some point in the future, but um, do you want to stream live on on Discord? And I felt like you wanted to stream it live, and I didn't have time to answer until so you you went on Discord and uh, made the announcement that we would be streaming live on Discord. And so now I know that you are on the autism spectrum. If I hadn't known, I think I would have found this a little bit forward. Um, just like not inappropriate, but in the same way that you would say, oh, and the thing will be in the show notes, the the Twitter account will be in the show notes, like you're kind of not imposing, you're you're deciding for me that it will be in the show notes, which is completely Mm -hmm. normal because that's what I always do and why would I not do it? But the fact that you're saying it for me is a little bit like socially. I understand why the other person. I can't remember who it was. I understand why the other person say, you know. "Oh, you are, you are, you know, uh, uh, this isn't done," you know. And right. it it's it's really interesting because 
I completely see how this could be weird if you're just like it it why would I not put it in the show notes? Obviously it will be. You know? <laughs> and, and but the yeah. fact that you're saying it is like, oh, you're so anyway, it's a great example. I love it because I can completely okay, relate I, to I, it. <laughs> I'm glad because I was afraid that this would be an, an awful example, that very anecdotal. But the fact that you see what, what I'm talking about and that there was indeed a social norm that maybe I broke or something. Um, yeah. And so for you, you didn't, reassuring. Yeah. You, you didn't see that social norm at all. You were just like, well, he puts it in the show notes. I mean, so I'm I mean, saying I... Maybe I see it, but I'm like, uh, does it really matter? Like, it, it's it's not, it's, it's uh, you know, like, rules are meant to be broken. And I don't, I, I, I don't find this crucial. I, I am like, okay, this is a very arbitrary rule. So mm. I, I guess not very important. I don't know. I see. Are there... Other, can you think of other uh, examples of something like that where you, again, it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be you specifically, you know, you know, you're interested in, uh, you know, autism in general. So maybe you have uh, examples from others, but it, another example uh, where this kind of interaction or another one would have been perceived in different way by someone on the spectrum and someone who isn't on it. Um, give me an hour to think about this. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're kind of putting me on the stop, on, on the spot. Sorry. Um, let's see. Well, uh, then I'm surprised that you don't have a you know a, a bag full of examples because, as I mentioned, and as you mentioned, this is a topic that is, uh, you know, very close to your heart, and you've talked about it and and discussed it and studied it a little bit. But right, that but doesn't... like I mentioned, like I mentioned earlier, it's it's my life, and so to to think that every day I will write down something like, oh, today I was unusual, or today <laughs> I had this, I had this weird behavior, um, is just not how I do it. Mm. Um, let's see. Okay, that's why you I... don't have to. I don't want to, you know. No, I, don't... Okay, I mean, I, I I I can think of you know like things like. Um, just, I know someone who, as a teenager, like as a fairly old teenager, had you know, suddenly became very angry because she could not sit in the car where she were, where she was used to. And so, this is maybe something we we have not really mentioned thus far. And, and a very important part of autism is we we really like to have our own um, habits, I guess, our own. Yeah. Um, you know things we're used to, and we we like them to stay that way. Um, so in, in this case, the person was used to sit in a very in, in a certain spot um, in the car, and she could not, and it made her incredibly angry. And I can I can I can really relate to this. Mm. Um, or actually, actually, I have another one. Um, I used to go on a website like uh, on a website called Slack a lot and um, <laughs> and and talk with my friends there all the time and this is something where I um I you know I, I go I go there on a regular basis and it's something I'm really used to but all of a sudden hey guess what someone decided to move to Discord and that <laughs> made me uh, very distressed um, and so actually I, I yeah I think I showed you I I skinned. 
I, I, I wrote some CSS code to skin Discord to make it look like a like Slack. That's so, yeah. yeah. That's um, I think it it's was before. <laughs> I think it was before I realized uh, you were uh, on the autism spectrum. It's it's, it's at, at that exact point where we had this conversation. Yeah. And and yeah, that I think that's when you mentioned it. But uh, but it, it was indeed a, a a reaction that was maybe out of proportion with what I would expect the reaction to be uh, regarding that change. I mean, obviously, you know, some people dislike change, but you it really felt even through written conversation, it felt like you were, as you mentioned, distressed by this change, which which felt excessive. Um, but yeah, so that's the kind of thing that would that would happen, I I suppose. Are, are you happy now with the CSS that you wrote to to reskin Discord? Oh, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's my problem solved, I would say, yeah. But um, okay. <laughs> but but the CSS is a big part of it, and you know, once once again, you you mentioned an excessive reaction. Once again, excessive to the social norm and if we were i did say excessive autism, compared autism to what i would expect i, I mentioned compared to okay. what i would expect i have a way okay. with words sir i have now learned my lesson but so I, I would say that if this were autism land or autism island um you know the, the it you know it would have it would have gone down very differently i think between the ways of how the decision was made and and you know whether whether we were asked if we were okay with it and so on. Mm -hmm. um, so it's 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 it has a lot to do with, um, you know, the, the, just what the implicit rules are. Okay, I mean, in this case, obviously, I'm not asking anyone because if I would ask people, <laughs> I would never get anything done. Um, it's a community of a few but, hundred people, so yeah. But but, uh, but I absolutely understand why you did it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I think this is a, a pretty interesting dive into uh, autism and, and what it is and what it isn't. Is there anything else you, you want to add before we close off the show? And yes, your link to your Twitter account will be in the show. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. No, I, I just realized I forgot to mention something, which is that we, we, we talked a lot about how this quote-unquote deficiency in um uh, cognitive empathy can affect our behavior but the the surplus or the the um the relative importance of our uh affective empathy also has effects and so once again i cannot say this for sure and it's not written down in textbooks but one thing you see in the same way that you see a lot of people who who, who vary in in terms of genders and in terms of uh, sexual orientation, something you see a lot, a lot when you look at people with autism is they, we, sorry, we tend to love uh, our pets and to love animals. And so we have a lot of people who are, for instance, um, uh, how do you call it? Uh, Anti-species, like, um, mm -hmm. or vegetarian and so on. And, um, and for, for instance, if you look, at, if you take a look at um, Greta Thunberg, it's both a mixture of a lack of uh, cognitive empathy and a lack, and a lack of um, being affected by uh, 
the, the, the social norms, which drives her to question, hey, wait a minute, why are we doing this to the planets? And the answer is, well, because we all do, because it's the norm, because it's something we're used to and we're not questioning it. But to her, it's like not intuitive at all. And, mm. and she, she, she obviously finds it nonsensical as it is. And, um, and the, the other side of this is this cognitive empathy, which affects human, but also animals, but also nature, but also, you know, the, our, our planet as a whole, um, which, uh, which, you know, drives her to, um, find this absolutely horrendous. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I just wanted to mention that autistic people often uh, are passionate and very, um, you know, we love our pets, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, but I think, I think there's, uh, you're right, something that we didn't really touch on, which I can see how this would be an asset if you aren't as constrained by the arbitrary nature of social norms of the way thing or the way things are then you're more able to question their validity right and and Absolutely, yeah. yeah yeah that's an interesting aspect as well all right well thank you very much guillaume for being on the show and sharing your time and your expertise and your experience well, with us thanks for having me it's it's my pleasure i'm I find it very important to share the message on, on these matters. So yeah, thanks for having me. Um, uh, I hope people are are uh, have had a, an interesting time on the show. Um, you mentioned you're a podcaster as well. Uh, it's mostly in French that you podcast, but maybe yeah, some people mostly in might French. Want to know. Every, every once in a while, I publish an episode in English, but it's it's fairly rare. And so, if you're French speaking, it's called Septante Minutes Avec. It's a Belgian podcast where we talk about. Um, social issues at large, whether that's about journalism, technology, politics, uh, autism. I, I did like three episodes on autism. I, I wonder why. I'm not <laughs> sure why. Um, but uh, yeah, and so it's uh, once every two weeks and the, the next episode is tomorrow and it's about cancel culture. Oh, very interesting. I did a, an editorial about cancel culture uh, after which you actually sent me a link to... Um, oh my God! I forgot her name. Ah, that I, video. I don't even. I don't even remember what you were talking about. So. Oh, maybe it wasn't was it you. Really me? Maybe it wasn't you, but there was a fantastic hour and a half expose on cancel culture. Oh, okay. So I think it might be Johan, and I think that the video is uh, contra. Contrapoints, yes, contrapoints. Contrapoints, yes, yes. It's Where a wonderful video. Yeah. She was. Uh, it's. It's a amazing video about the 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 psychological uh, uh processes and how it works yeah. and like mm -hmm. and and how cancel culture is interesting and important but also goes too far sometimes it's fascinating anyway uh so i'll be True. looking forward to your episode on the topic as well um yeah I think I might also so, include include the the link to that episode of Contrapoints in the show notes. Now that I've mentioned it, I think it's people very good. will be interested. It's very good, yeah. yeah. Okay. And your Twitter and account. So obviously, my Twitter account will be in the show notes. <laughs> but give us the, the, the name still for... Uh, yeah, it's uh, G-U-I-H-A-C-H-E-Z. 
Oh, so you can't pronounce it because people in 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 English it doesn't work. Obviously, Guilherme. no, it doesn't okay. work in English. Yeah, I'm uh, not Patrick on Twitter and everywhere. I am also at notpatrick.com, brand new website, which is I'm very proud of it. We worked on it very hard with uh, Kevin, and um, it is. A, a central point for everything I do, including different ways of subscribing to my different shows. And if you expand the little uh, part about the Phidias Club, a link to the Patreon, where you can support the show financially. If you enjoy what we do, if you get something out of the show, if you think there is some manner of importance to uh, the topics we discuss, then please consider becoming a patron, supporting the show, and uh, maybe at a level that gives you access to the full Discord. You can join the Discord no matter what and discuss the latest episode. By the way, the link to that is also on notpatrick.com. But if you want to support it at the level that gives you access to the entire Discord, then you will find a community of wonderful people of varying uh, neurodiversity and uh, other varying things uh, to talk with. So I hope you consider it. Once again, uh, patreon.com slash the Phileas Club. The link will be in the show notes uh, just next to Guillaume's Twitter account and also at (laughs) notpatrick.com. Thank you very much for listening. We will be back in a few weeks with a regular episode where we talk about news from the world. Talk to you then. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.